I'm Carol Joy Side, and welcome to the Homeschool Made Simple podcast. You're listening to episode 66. This is a podcast to help you homeschool simply, inexpensively, and enjoyably. Well, this evening, I am sitting at my dining room table with stacks of books surrounding me, and they're like dear, precious friends. They're written by a lady who I have felt like a bestie (laughs) for 27 years with. Her name is Jan Kieran, K-A-R-O-N. Back in 1994, I came across Jan's book through a little advertisement in World Magazine. It was a little, I don't know, maybe 16th of a page, a little square ad in dark green, and it said, this is a good book, you should buy it, end of sermon. And then the picture of the book. And uh, Lion Press. Lion Press is a Christian publisher in England. I believe it's owned by David C. Cook Publishers now. I don't know if it was originally. But um, I lived across the street from David C. Cook Publishers. And so I got a copy in my hands. And after I read it, I covered the nation telling people about this book. And I used to say to people, it's a vacation in a book. Let me tell you a little bit about this author and why she is so dear and precious to so many. First of all, like so many great people, she had a very rough start in life. She was raised in the Blue Ridge foothills in North Carolina, and her mother was 15 years old when she was born. Her mother's name was Wanda. And before she was four years old, her parents separated. And her father actually went to the Royal Canadian Air Force. And her parents left her with her maternal grandma on a farm in North Carolina. And when she was a little girl at the age of six, she determined that she was going to be a preacher and a writer. And uh, she wrote her first novel when she was 10 years old, and uh, she put a little swear word in it that Rhett Butler had used in Gone with the Wind, and her sister, her little sister, found it where she'd hidden the novel and uh, let her grandma know that Jan had put a swear word in her book, and her grandma said, go outside and pick me a switch. And she was in big trouble, and she got a whooping. And um, she had a very sad life herself in many ways. She was raised in the country with her grandma, which was the good part. But the sorrowful part is that she actually um, was taken to go live with her mom when her mom remarried. And I'm curious, I reading between the lines, wondering if that was such an unhealthy situation that she herself, believe it or not, got married at the age of 14. She dropped out of ninth grade, and she married a gentleman named Robert Freeland. And they had one daughter, Candace, and that marriage also ended very quickly. And she was left struggling with a little daughter all by herself. Um, As the years wore on, Jan just was working anywhere she could. She had no education. And so she would just take whatever job she could. And finally, she wound up as a receptionist at an advertising agency. And in that advertising agency, 
being a very, very intelligent person, even though she had no formal education, she must have been a, a massive reader herself. And uh, she went to a library, I forgot to tell you this, when she was 10 years old. And it was the first time she'd ever been to a library. And the librarian, as she says, gave her some magic words. One was Lorna Dune, and the other was Girl of the Limberlost. And she started reading wonderful books as a child. And um, she also determined when she was a little girl after that experience with her grandma that she would never write books with any, quote, cussin. And she never did again. And she's known for that. So she's working at this advertising agency and she works herself up to be executive vice president or creative director, basically, of the advertising agency. She won every, the biggest awards and awards, I can't talk, in advertising and was very, very successful. But there was a God-shaped hole in her heart. And she talks about um, her feeling that she was just seeking for truth and for God. And she tried Eastern religions, as she says. She tried Judaism. And she just kept looking and searching. And uh, her marriage life was a disaster. She just had a lot of heartbreak in her life. But she had quite a high degree of success in her professional life. But it didn't fill the void. And finally, when she was 42 years of age, in bed one night, she called out to God and she just begged him to take her life and to make something of her life. So she stayed in advertising for six years and then she felt God's call to write at about the age of 48. And she started, she moved, she quit her job, I should tell you that, gave up her beautiful car and her lovely home and got rid, sold everything, and she moved in with her brother's family in a little town in Blowing Rock, North Carolina. And in Blowing Rock, this town of 2,000 people, she began to write, and she was just praying and calling out to God for direction in her writing. And one day, she saw an image of a priest walking and he was kind of bald and short and a little bit chubby. And as he kept walking, he met a large dog. And she knew that that was what she was supposed to write about. That's all the Lord gave her, this picture of an Episcopal priest and a very large dog. And she went on to call that Episcopal priest Father Tim. And she called the very large dog, who was as big as a sofa, Barnabas. And she kept writing and writing, and she had no very little income, and she was really, really struggling. And finally, she became friends with the editor of the little tiny newspaper in this little bitty town in Blowing Rock, and it was called The Rocket. And she showed the editor the first two chapters she wrote of her book, and she said, what should I do with this? And he said, well, I'll run it every week. It'll fill up my pages. I'll run a half page every week. And he did for two years. And her pay was a free copy of The Rocket, which cost at that time 10 cents. 
And Jan was a very determined person, always was, had to kind of make her own way in this world. And through much prayer and struggle and agony, she finally connected with a Christian publisher named Lion Press, which I mentioned, British Christian publisher, very small. And in 1994, they published the book that I read at home in Midford. Well, it wasn't getting a lot of publicity, so Jan, being an advertising girl, was doing all of her own publicity. She was calling bookstores. She was sending them free copies. She was working hard. And through a friendship, someone got her an agent and got her a contract with Viking Press. And she began to really, her books began to take off, and they went, uh, well, her first I don't know if the first book did, but as she continued to write, her books actually made it to the New York Times bestseller list for many years. And she has written so many books that it was hard for me to gather them all around my house. Some of them are in Sabbath rest where a guest is staying, so I couldn't nail uh, you know those books because I couldn't bang on her door. But I have stacks of her books sitting in front of me. Let me tell you some of the titles of the Father Tim series. The first, as I said, is At Home in Mitford, then A Light in the Window, These High Green Hills, Out to Canaan, a New Song, A Common Life, The Wedding Story, In This Mountain, Light from Heaven. Those are what are called the Father Tim books or the Mitford books, I guess. And then she also has written a Christmas book called Shepherds Abiding. She wrote a cookbook, a bedside companion, and then two books of quotations that Father Tim collected. One is called Patches of God Light, and the other is called A Continual Feast. Then she has some children's books she's written. She's quite a prolific writer. Uh, But in her books, the things that I love about Jan Kieran, first of all, as she says, she wrote books that she herself would want to read. So there's no gratuitous you know, sex. There's no swearing. There's no, they're, they're just clean happy books that when you finish reading them, you feel closer to God and happier. Uh, She calls the town that she created, Mitford, the little town with the big heart. The little town with the big heart. And as someone with only eight years of education writing these fabulous books, you have to ask, how is she qualified to write books that have been so loved and successful? And the answer is she herself is a reader. And the way I know that is that she's constantly quoting all my favorite authors in her books. She quotes Frederick Buchner. She quotes Elizabeth Googe, Wordsworth. You name it, she quotes them. And reading her books is a beautiful feast. And it makes you, she's quoting Spurgeon and Chesterton and Lewis. And and it makes you think, oh, I need to read Orthodoxy by Chesterton. Oh, I need to read The Great Divorce by Lewis. Oh, you know, because she just stimulates you because she's such a reader. And Father Tim is such a reader, the character that she's created. He is the dearest, kindest person. And one of the interviews that she gave years ago for Virtue Magazine, everyone always asks, is she Cynthia, one of the 
leading characters in her books, and I don't want to do any spoiling for you, so I won't tell you who Cynthia is yet, but um, she always says, no, Cynthia has great legs, and I'm kind of jealous of her and uses it as a little joke, but the interviewer, after interviewing her for a while, said, you know, that's because she's not really Cynthia, she's Father Tim. And in all of her books, the gospel is presented, but it's not one of these sappy, sermonette kind of books. There's always a um, salvation prayer in her books that people are just, you know, in the course of their lives, are coming to an encounter with God. And it's very natural, and it's very... um, realistic it's not sappy like so many Christian books let's face it there are very few Christian authors that write well and she is one of my very very favorite writers because she writes so well now in my generation when her books were coming out we would have to wait sometimes two years in between each book And it was just like waiting for, you know, candy to be delivered at Easter. But it was so worth the wait. And these people, she said, she used to say, I write to give my readers an extended family. I love that. Um, One of my favorite parts is the story of a man named Buck Leeper, who's extremely profane and angry and wounded and... um, an alcoholic, I mean, on and on it goes, and how Father Tim, by just being in his life and loving him well and being um, a faithful friend, um, how he comes to the Lord and his life is completely transformed and redeemed. And it's not overnight. It's not a simplistic um, retelling, but just such beautiful hope. And there's a little boy in the book named Dooley Barlow, red hair, freckled, comes from a terrible, terrible, terrible background where his mother sold his siblings for alcohol. And Father Tim uh, kind of starts to keep him with him in his house and eventually adopts him. And how the Lord redeems duly. And uh, there's an old lady named Miss Sadie who's very, very dear. And her gift to Dooley and how it changes his life. Just so many of the characters in this book, uh, Winnie Ivy, who starts a bakery, and um, Esther Bullock, who bakes marmalade cakes. I know that sounds awful, but orange marmalade cakes, and they are to die for. And just you become friends with all these different people. And you can't wait to see what happens next in their lives and the healing, the restoration, the story of Dooley's uh, brothers and sisters and how the Lord gathers them and uses Father Tim to do that and restores them and his mom and how she comes to the Lord through great tragedy, but her life is restored. This is a series of books that will edify you. They'll change your life. I have given At Home in Mitford and other of these books to unbelievers. They love them. They laugh out loud. They cry on buses and airplanes. And I just think, yes, because a good book is not limited. You see, it doesn't have that kind of 
you know, preachy taint that a lot of Christian books do. These are books that stand up to being read by anyone. Then when Jan finished the Father Tim books, she said, okay, I'm done. I'm done with doing, you know, just the typical Mitford books. So then she took Father Tim's life, and there are a lot of mysteries in his life, and she started a new series called the Father Tim series. And the first one was Home to Holly Springs. And there are all these mysteries about uh, Father Tim's father and um, his his nanny who, who helped take care of him. And Oh, really powerful books. And then In the Company of Others, where Father Tim and his new wife go to Ireland and the relationships they have there and and the impact they have. And um, then he wrote two more books about Mitford, Somebody Safe with Somebody Good and Come Rain or Come Shine, when he revisits Mitford and, and all that that means. These books stand up to being read over and over again and I do that. I keep them all together when I can in one place, and I read them, and I never tire of them. And so rereading them for this podcast, I've read three of them uh, to just revisit how much I love these books and what they mean to me. And I just want everyone to experience the joy that these books will bring into your lives. So the author, Jan Karen, K-A-R-O-N, and her first book, At Home in Mitford. And once you read the first book, I promise you, you'll be hooked. So thank you for joining me this week on the Homeschool Made Simple podcast. If you liked what you heard in this episode, I'd appreciate a rating and a review on iTunes. Or if you'd simply tell a friend about the show, that would help too. Visit my website, caroljoyside.com to subscribe to our weekly email and receive exclusive discounts in my online store where seminars and interviews are available. Be sure to tune in next week for my next episode where I help you homeschool simply, inexpensively, and enjoyably. Blessings.